drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. It is picked up by the line, coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30, at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo, touchdown to Trumbier, Marvin Jones. Drink it in, drink it in. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Detroit Kool-Aid. You know who you are, you Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers out there. Drink it in, man. We are back here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast on a Wednesday, talking Detroit Lions football. I'm your host, Derek Oakry, and I'm excited for today's show. I'm always excited for the show, but I'm extra excited this week because we got the man, the myth, the legend, Logan Lamarandier from Sports Illustrated, All Lions, joining us again to talk all things free agency. Logan, how you doing this week? Doing good. Just trying to keep up with uh, the free agent frenzy. It's It's been a wild one. Not so much for the Lions, but overall in the NFL, there's just feel like every few minutes there's someone going somewhere or someone's a cap casualty or there's a trade going on. So it's, it's been a pretty entertaining past uh, couple of days. Oh, there's, there's no doubt. Like we're going to get all into it here on the show. Like the, the, the league year starts on Wednesday at noon, but Monday and even into Tuesday, I feel like a lot of these signings have happened. So the NFL is in full swing, no doubt about it, but let's just dive right in Logan. So I wanted to ask you about the cuts, man. So the, the lions cut Justin Coleman, the worthless, overpaid, slow <laughs> tight end named Jesse James. They got rid of Chase Daniel, Danny Shelton, True Font, and others to save money on the cap, as well as get rid of some of the players that did not show up on the football field last year and previously. Any of these moves either surprise you? Were you excited? Um, how'd you feel about these cuts that the Lions did? Actually, feeling pretty good because I, I think I put out an article you know, about a month and a half before free agency. And it was basically a list of the players that should firmly be on the chopping block. And they're all pretty much gone. Everyone I had on that list. I think the only one who's still sticking around is Nick Williams. And we'll see what happens there. You know, you can read his tweet that he recently posted on something about biting kneecaps. If it sounds like that's probably means he's sticking around, but uh, yeah, all, all the moves the lions made is pretty much clearing out uh cap space that Bob Quinn had handed out these big contracts to and a couple guys like Justin Coleman and Jesse James still had more than just this year left on their deal so the Lions are getting out from one of those contracts further down the road so you don't doesn't create a ton of cap space because there is still guaranteed money of the signing bonus that's prorated the Lions still have to pay for that but at least they're off books next year and there hasn't been any designated June 1st cuts so everyone that they've cut so far, they're just saving money this year, and they'll be completely off the cap completely this next year. So I really like that. Um, it's the Lions needed to do this and to get a just kind of boost that rebuild or retool, as you, as Brad <laughs> Holmes would say. Uh, yeah, they they have to get rid of these players. They have to get younger. They have to build draft capital, and they got to build cap space. And this is the first move 
um, by cutting these guys. So I'm, I'm happy with how things are going. There it is, everybody. You heard it here first. Logan Lamarandier is feeling pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good. Pretty, 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 pretty good. <laughs> and I think most Lions fans are. And then before we move to our next to- topic, you-, you talked about kneecaps. I, I mean, you act like you-, you didn't know who really said that. The originator uh, of the kneecaps. And that's Dan freaking Campbell. We're going to bite a kneecap off. We're going to smile at you. We're going to take your other kneecap. <laughs> we're going to smile at you. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you. We're going to be the last one standing. All right. That's going to be the mentality. The, the new rock star in Detroit, Dan freaking Campbell. And it sounds like Nick Williams is on board. I agree that most people thought he'd be a cut, a cap casualty, but he, he's licking his chops. He's got his napkins out. He's ready to uh, to do what the coach says. You know, you got to got to follow your marching orders. So he's ready. But uh I think, like you said, they saved some money on the cap, got rid of some some older type players, guys that didn't perform. And, and some of these moves to me are just getting rid of a guy so they can just put a, another body in there that's got more upside or just we know, we don't know what we're going to get because I sure knew what I was going to get from the outlaw, Jesse James. And that was a bunch of nothing. Justin Coleman, you know, was up or down, left, right, and center. So I, I'm excited to see the moves. Like you say, a lot of them were moves that a lot of us fans and people that talk about the team we're saying here's who you need to cut and brad holmes has pretty much done exactly that i, I kind of love what he's up to so far and, and let's keep the show moving about what else he did because this is what i want to get your take on as well the people that he re-signed because you know he was able to re-sign romeo quara three years 39 million bucks I'm not quite for sure why he brought back the windsock, Mike Ford, the guy that's always flapping in the breeze and can't cover anybody, but they always seem to like his work ethic. They did bring back Jalen Reeves Maven, who's a guy that I liked in the draft process that year. And he's been hurt. He never gets an opportunity to play. The few times he does, he seems to make plays. And then my big issue was Jamie Collins. I'm not a fan. People on Twitter coming after me all over the place, acting like this is the greatest linebacker of all time. I mean, they kept reiterating he was the Lions' best linebacker. And I'm like, I'm like, okay. And and that's like saying it's the warmest day in Antarctica. I've used that a couple times, but I think it's a good analogy because just because you're the (laughs) Lions' best linebacker doesn't mean a damn thing to me (laughs) at this point based on what I saw the last couple years. So it just worked your way through some of these re-signings ones you liked maybe ones you had issues with yeah so mike ford given that he was a you know the restricted free agent there's a one year 1.2 million dollar deal uh i think for depth it's fine yeah he's not a guy you want starting but he is still younger and i think the lions need to continue playing younger players they're going to be the future these older 28 29 year olds that they have still floating around although they've gotten rid of a lot of them there's no point in the keeping those guys around because they're not going to be here when the lions are able to turn this around if they're able to turn around. But there's that three-year window of where the lions need to start being competitive. And at that point, these older players are going to be, you know, getting a little long in the tooth and it's probably their time to move on. So I'm all for going the younger route and and a cheap special teams guy, just someone who at least has some starting experience, not saying he's a good starter, but uh, Jalen Reeves, Maven, I really liked that contract they gave him because it's, Basically, only um, it's a one-year, two-point-four million-dollar deal, but there's this new clause in like the CBA where he's a veteran, and if you have a player on your roster um, for four years, and then you want to give him a, another deal, 
they're the lions are incentivized to keep them around and they actually get like a million uh like half the deal actually doesn't even count against the cap so it's kind of a no-brainer because you're getting a good special teams player at the very least for just a little over a million on the cap and i'm very interested to see what jalen reed Maven can do in a defense that actually fits his skill set a little bit better because he showed flashes when he was utilized properly in those first couple years in the league. And then once Patricia came in, it was, he was just an afterthought. He was way too small and couldn't take on linemen well enough for Patricia's scheme. So uh, I think Reeves Maven has some coverage ability that other line linebackers don't have. I'm not saying he's great at it, but at least he can, he does have a little range. Uh, Jamie Collins. I'm, I'm fine with that restructure. I know he, you always say I stick up for Jamie Collins, but he, yes, he had some very good games and some very bad games last year, but it, it, he's still a serviceable linebacker. Yes. He's probably overpaid, but I don't <sighs> think it's too outrageous what he's being paid compared to where his play is at. So you can disagree with me there. I'm, I'm fine with that. Then uh, <laughs> lastly, what's, yeah, Romeo what's Jamie Collins' yearly amount. Sorry to jump in. What, what, what's he making yearly now with this restructure? Do you know? So it's a restructure. He's still making the same 10 million per year average, but it just basically they gave him more signing bonus this year, which lowers, they converted his base salary into signing bonus. So it lowers his base salary for this year, increases his signing bonus this year and next. So I think it's, he's still making $10 million a year, but just this year, I want to say it's right around 8 million he's making against or he's not making, but is counted against the cap. And then next year, I think it's like, it's, it's a pretty hefty chunk of change uh, on the cap hit next year for him. I think it's uh, off the top of my head. It's around 13.9 million, I think, or something like that. So yeah, that's probably going to be severely overpaid for him next year, but this year I think it's completely fine. And, the Lions, it might be a little tougher for him next year for the Lions to release him because they just added more dead cap by giving him converting his base salary to signing bonus this year. So I don't know. We'll see if, if he has a down year. Yeah, it might be the wrong move if the Lions are, want to get rid of him next year because it just creates more dead cap for next year with him. Yeah, I we won't spend any more time on it. To me, it's just ten millions a lot for a linebacker. Okay, he had a couple of good games, a couple of good plays on the football, but if I'm going to bring in some new rookies or I'm, I'm turning over this team, I, I don't need know that I need a guy like Jamie. Well, I think I looked at he's like 32, 33 years old. I mean, okay, he's athletic, but he's not going to get better. And it, if they could have moved on, I know we, we wouldn't have saved a ton. That's why I'm okay with it because it's not like you cut him and you would have saved seven, eight million bucks. You were kind of going to not have a big cap savings anyway. But to me, it's just not the right guy for the – set up unless they surround him with better players and then he takes sort of a secondary role or they they find a new setup for him but he just didn't cover and didn't show enough effort for me that's that's my big issue but like I say I got a million sound bites for Jamie Collins I mean I I wouldn't be as as rude to play this one I mean I don't think it's this but it's still one of not my favorite decisions it's a bad decision Period, point blank. It was a, a, one of the dumbest decisions I ever made. I don't know that it's that, but I, I don't like it. And like I said, there's some other things that I probably shouldn't play for Jamie Collins here. But talk to me about Romeo Aquara, because to me, that's the one I, I did like that they brought back. I thought he was the guy over Kenny that they should have prioritized. They did not use the franchise tag, which I think was a nice slick move by Brad Holmes. And we're still able to bring him back on. Yeah, not a... 
he's not taking a bargain basement or you didn't get a steal of a deal, but you got him at what I think is a nice price point, a nice yearly amount. Um, uh, sending young player, a guy that is here with his brother. I think there's a lot of things that are going in the positive for Romeo. Are, are you there with me on that one? Yeah, I was kind of lukewarm on this one just because I, I felt like if Aquara would have walked, it would have netted a nice comp pick. And I know that's an odd formula and it's not always a guarantee. And, um, but I wasn't, yeah, at, at $13 million a year, I felt like that was right around where he should be. Um, I'm happy they didn't franchise tag him. That would have been tough to do with the cap this year anyways. It would have been almost $18 million just for a one-year deal. And I don't, I don't think he's worth that. My biggest concern is just that outside of last year, uh, is he worth $13 million? If you look at his play, you know, when he first came into the league, like, I, I don't think so. So is he a one-year wonder who just had a good year and a contract year? And I will give him credit that he did not have much talent surrounding him last year and he was still able to do what he did. So it's impressive. I, I'm just concerned anytime these one-year wonders, when you're giving this guy a three-year deal, that's worth up to $39 million. You know, that, that's scary for me. I, I hope it doesn't come back to bite the Lions. And I do like how Aquar is still still very young um, and maybe his best football is ahead of him. And I, and I hope it is because he really needs to be for the Lions. So it's, I think it's a good calculated risk. Maybe he outplays that $13 million per year. Or maybe he severely underperforms. You just don't know what you're going to get because each season, I, I, he had a great 2020 season. As 2019 season was very below average, as 2018 season was about average. So who knows which player is going to show up? You just have to hope he can remain consistent with what he was last year. So here's something I want to I want to hear your opinion, but I want to fight you on it a little bit. Like, so you got you have like this you had an issue with Okwara making 13 on average on a three year, but a rush player, younger player longer player, more athletic, but, but you're fine with Jamie Collins making 10 million at, at the position he plays inside middle linebacker uh, at his age and, and what he brought to the table. I mean, to me, it's a few million dollars difference. I don't see why you're good with the old dude and the guy that didn't show much at all last year, uh, as far as hustle or like leadership qualities yet, Romeo, who's a guy always clean off the field, um, bunch of, you know, quarterback sacks and tackles. He said one to hit wonder. I think we've talked about this on the show before he, he was undrafted. Then he didn't do much, but then when, since he's been the lions, he's, he's two out of three years, really good. I mean, uh, you saw the going rate for all these other defensive ends. So I, I just don't balk at the price when I see other guys getting 18 plus and, and you can say, well, he's not anywhere close to as good as those guys. Well, he might be coming into his own as well, rather than being a guy that is going to fall off as you sort of are worried about. So I, th- I think when you compare the two players, I would definitely, you know, be fine to find other linebackers at much inexpensive prices and pay a guy like Romeo, if you're asking me. Yeah. And I actually just looked up uh, Collins contract too. So Collins cap hit last year was 6.3 million. His contract or his, after his restructured this year, his cap hit, is actually according to spot track is right under 5 million. So again, it's, it's a lot less than $13 million a year, but I was right about his cap hit next year in 2022 being (laughs) 13.9 million. Yeah, that's, I will agree. That's severely, he's being paid way more than what he provides on the field, unless he just has a complete career turnaround where he has the best year of his career. But that's where I do think the lions could 
cut him if they wanted to. Yes, it brings on $8.7 million of dead cap next year if they were to cut him in 2022. But um, just Jamie Collins has already been signed. Like the damage has already been done. So that's why I wasn't, I wasn't upset with the restructure. I'm not saying if I had the opportunity again to, to pay Jamie Collins the contract that they did, I was kind of hesitant about it when they did it anyways, because he is going to be 32 years old. Uh, he's getting up there in linebacker year. So it is, it's concerning, but yeah, Aquara to me, it's just, that's a pretty big, it's not a huge contract. The going rate for defensive ends. Yeah. It's, it's pricey. So $13 million isn't all that much, but and it's when you years. need elite pass rushers, when you need elite pass rushers, I don't think that's necessarily Aquara unless he continues to get better. And that's, that's a pretty risky proposition in just my mind. When the year before that he was on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, I, I think he'll probably fall towards the mean this upcoming season. And I think $13 million could be considered overpaid, but I'm hope I I'm hope I'm wrong, obviously. Um, but you just, you just never know you're locked in at three years for 13 million. And it, I said it earlier, it could go both ways. It could be a steal of a deal if he keeps progressing or if he falls back to kind of where he was last year, it's going to be severely overpaid. You're rarely wrong, Mr. Logan Lamarandier. That's why we have you on the show. Uh, but you, I'm hoping and I'm thinking you might be wrong on this because defensive ends, more premium position. I, I think this kid, you're, you're selling them short because you're, you're looking at last year uh, or the year before last year and instead of two years ago where he was good and last year he was really good. And there's no reason I don't think. And, and the, the coaching staff has already said, hey, Romeo Carr can rush the passer good. We're going to allow him to rush the passer. So I saw some people talking about he needs to do this better, he needs to do that better. Maybe this staff will just cut him loose and let him go terrorize quarterbacks and then get other edge players to do other things that they need done. So I'm excited to see what he can do. Um, we'll, we'll see how that all shakes out. Like I say, I'm on the other side. I kind of hope Jamie Collins is surrounded by players and, and, and plays better consistently. But... I don't think that's going to happen either. So if hopefully we both get our wish, but Logan, let's do this. Um, I want everybody to go check out your stuff at uh, sports illustrated. Again, it's all lions. You can find all your articles. I know you're on some different podcasts and different audio and media things on that platform, as well as um, the huge radio show. You do spots there with the lions as well. So I'm just encouraging everybody to go check out your stuff. Make sure you click on those articles, make sure you find them on Twitter at, L. Lamarandier. And Logan, after our break, man, I want to talk to you about who the Lions have brought in and maybe some targets that we got left in free agency because we knew the Lions were going to slow play it. We hoped they would slow play it. It's more about who they didn't sign instead of who they did, but we still want to talk about who they might sign after the break. So you ready to do that? Oh, yeah. Everybody, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's going on, everybody? This is your host, Derek Oakry of the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. And this is normally where I tell you about some of our great sponsors. But today, I want to tell you about my 
other Lions podcast. It's called Believe in Lions. And that's spelled B-L-E-A-V on the Believe Podcasting Network with both myself and Lions legendary safety Benny Blades. Yeah, you know who he is. The hard-hitting safety Benny Blades played for the Lions. He also played for the U. You know what it is. The University of Miami, those Miami Hurricanes. He mentions it multiple times on the show. Benny loves to talk about his Hurricanes, his Lions, and I love to play this soundbite on the show. We have a ton of fun on that show. We laugh, we joke, we talk Lions. Like I said, he brings up the Hurricanes. I talk about my Michigan Wolverines. Um, it's, it's a really fun show. Benny loves the Lions. He tells great stories from his playing days, as well as uh, we're just rooting on this team. We B-L-E-A-V in the Lions. So please go ahead, find it on your favorite podcast platform. Hit that subscribe button and check it out. Share it with a friend. We really appreciate it. So check out Believe, B-L-E-A-V in Lions, myself and Benny Blades. Thank you guys so much. Detroit Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers are back from the break. Thank you so much for the store sponsors. Please go check out my other podcast, Believe in Lions. That's spelled B-L-E-A-V in Lions with myself and the Lions legendary safety, Benny Blades. We always have a ton of fun on that show. It drops Thursday mornings on your favorite podcast platform. We've been trying to chase down Mr. Blades because he's been busy running South Florida. We finally chased him down. Got some great stories about him. Um, how the Lions treated him in free agency, how he felt about his contracts, how negotiations went down, all that we talked about this uh, this week and, and much more to come. He says he's going to challenge me some draft content in, in the coming weeks, so that should be entertaining as well. But, Logan, we're here talking free agency. Appreciate having you on the show. Always great content, great information. We talked about the cuts and we talked about people they re-signed. I want to talk about a couple newcomers that came in. So kind of came across the wire all of a sudden. The Lions were bringing in Tyrell Williams, wide receiver, used to play for the Chargers, out there with the Rams, had some recent injury issues, but also has made some pretty dynamic plays when he is on the football field, was up over the top catching passes or um you know, a guy that can kind of run all the route trees, almost kind of a similar um, player to other guys the Lions have had, maybe with a little more juice to go deep, though. What do you think about Tyrell Williams? Do you think he can bounce back from injuries and, and be a nice receiver for the Lions based on what they got him for, too? A nice contract, I thought. Yeah, the initial reports, too, were, were pretty high on his deal. The base salary was a lot lower than projected. So basically what they signed him for is like a one year, $3 million deal or something crazy like that. And uh, yeah, he's, he's not, he might not be a guy who's around long-term. Obviously that's why they gave him a one year deal, but what he can provide when healthy, it's, it's definitely serviceable. And he was around uh, the Raiders when they signed Antonio Brown and that whole ordeal kind of unfolded and Tyrell Williams became the number one receiver in the, the first five or six weeks when he was healthy, he was, tearing it up. And then he kind of dealt with some heel injury or something like that. And it was uh, like, things kind of went downhill, but I think he is a big bodied guy. He does have a little bit more juice than Galladay. I think he can be a downfield threat at receiver, which will be nice, but um, I'm, I'm just happy they got him too. He, he, since he was released by the Raiders, he doesn't count against the comp pick formula. You're going to hear me talk about that theme all the time. <laughs> Just uh, give me all the comp picks that they can possibly get. Cause I'm more than willing to take them. So I was, I was happy with Williams. I have the, the free agent market is so saturated at the receiver position. 
and the Lions don't need to overspend there right now. You know, they just get some guys to get by uh, and make the offense at least be able to move a little bit and kind of figure things out and find your guys to the draft and go long-term that way. But they don't need to be overpaying at the receiver position. Yeah, this one kind of jumped out at me. You know, I've always liked Tyrell Williams as a player, but when he got cut, it wasn't one of those, hey, you know, is he a fit for the Lions? Should the Lions get him? And it was a week or so. He just kind of was out there, and then all of a sudden, bam, they signed him. Like you said, the things came out early, $6 million plus. Even then, I was saying, you know, I'm sure there's some protections, and it's that's not horrible based on what these receivers get paid these days. And to hear it's – you know, half of that or so is, is nice. And I want to encourage everybody to go to uh, YouTube and pull up the lions, um, you know, YouTube page and watch the interview with Tyrell Williams. I mean, very well-spoken guy seemed to be just a no nonsense football player said he, you know, liked the coaching staff and what they brought to the table. He really likes Anthony Lynn. He says he loves to catch the deep ball, but he can run the whole route tree. I just like all the stuff he had to say. Now, of course he's got to go out and do it on the football field, but I thought he's going to slide in there really nicely with Lions fans that are used to seeing the Marvins, the Kennys, some of these guys that are a little bit bigger bodied. I mean, he does have a different game, but I think he's just going to be that guy that's not going to be on any of the billboards, but he can come to Detroit and be a nice number two, number three, if they end up going big on another guy or in, in the draft and, you know, have have some upside if they, if they feature him and get him the football. So I, I like Tyrell Williams. Uh, I, I'm going to hope that he stays healthy. That's the thing we always throw out there. But if he can do that, I don't see why he's not a very good bargain and a very nice wide receiver to put on this team that's completely devoid of wide receivers. And Logan, I hate to burst your bubble before we go to the next thing, but you keep bringing up comp picks. You are aware the Lions haven't got a comp pick in what is it? five, six years, five years, something like that. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> yeah. none. The NFL hates the Lions. It's been well established on this show. And we haven't had a good enough good enough good football players leave this team to acquire any comp picks with some of the bumskies we've had around as we, as Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn uh, proved to be and Martin Mayhew over their time. So like I I'm with you on comp picks, but to me, it's like, you got to sort of, I'd rather have Romeo and hope that he balls out with his brother and plays good than hope for a fourth, third or fourth rounder in a year or two. So, you know, I'm with you, but I'm not with you on that. But what I want to, what I want to ask you about is the other guy they brought in. Um, They brought in a Hill, the tight end from the saints. To me, this is kind of a no nonsense meat and potatoes guy. Um, Somebody compared him in one of the media interviews, kind of like, Hey, you're kind of like a Dan Campbell. You've had a Dan Campbell type of career. I don't know if he took that as an insult or if he was uh, happy about that. He might've responded. I don't know, like this. You've had enough of that. (laughs) Exactly. But uh, to me, uh, you know, Hill's a nice blocking no nonsense, inexpensive tight end. Uh, not a six, seven million dollar tight end like Jesse James that caught three balls a year because um, nobody ever guarded him because he never did anything. Like I feel like he can come in, make a few plays here or there, but mostly be a block, let Hawk do his thing. And I would still wouldn't mind if they would add at the tight end position. So what are you thinking about Hill coming in from the Saints? Yeah, I'm totally good with it. It made a lot of sense considering Dan Campbell was his tight end coach with the saints for a long time. And even, even though Hill is considered a blocking tight end, that's not because he isn't athletic. He's actually a pretty athletic guy for someone who's six, five, you know, at his pro day, he was in the four sixes for the 40 and three cone, you know, right at seven seconds. 
uh, like a 37 inch vertical jump. So, I mean, it's a guy who does have some athletic ability and reliable hands. He's just never truly been featured and probably because he's not good enough to be featured as a pure receiving threat in the NFL, but he's not someone who's can only block. And so I I'm pretty happy with it. Uh, again, one year deal where it's, it's not like it's a long-term big, big thing. So I, I don't know. I, a second tight end, he's probably going to be similar to Jesse James, just at a much cheaper price. Exactly, which is much better for the team as well. And like, here, here's the thing: most people are going to freak out about. Here we go again with the Saints and the Rams players. It's like this is a this is a complimentary player, a humble guy, guy you're not looking to come in and catch a ton of footballs, score a bunch of touchdowns. But like you said, in a pinch, he can do some things for you, as well as. You know, we just I see Brad Holmes like slotting people in these roles as well as doing that so he can then take big swings. I'm expecting big swings from Brad Holmes in the draft, which um, Logan has been uh, gracious enough to come back and and be on the show Friday where me and him are going to chop it about the NFL draft. You don't want to miss that show. But I feel like if if you plug these little holes and sort of set your team up, then Brad Holmes is going to take athletes. He's going to take guys that love football. He's going to take premium players at premium positions that are going to make big time plays on the football football field when it comes to the NFL draft. So I think, you know, Josh Hill, Tyrell Williams are kind of those guys like laying the, laying the groundwork so that he can be a little bit more wide open in the draft, do his thing. So I like both of these and I like that I'm only giving you two names. I'm not giving you all these other names that they went out and signed right away or overpaid for. It's just like two kind of mid-level under the radar signings so far. And then they kept one of their own guys on a, on a decent amount contract. Like you said, you're think it's a little high. I think it's, it might be a nice steal when it's all said and done with Romeo Quara. Like, kind of like where we're at so far mm-hmm. no yeah it's overall i have very few complaints uh about what brad holmes has done I, I think he's taken the team in the right direction doing this the right way and setting himself up for the future because that's what it needs to be about he has to tear down the mess that quinn and patricia made and it, it's not easy so i i totally get where he's coming from and i i'm Pretty happy so far. Pretty good. What what's the sound bite? Pretty good. Oh yeah, we 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 got that drop for you. I mean, it's classic uh, curb your enthusiasm. You know what I'm saying? I'm feeling pretty good. Pretty 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 Why? pretty good. <laughs> Logan and myself <laughs> are pretty good with what Brad Holmes has been doing. And uh, let's let's talk about this. I I kind of, you know, me and you chatted quickly before we hit record here that we're going to give the people a little rapid fire show, kind of like that 30 plus minute show that you can listen to on your drive in or you can just soak up some free agent content. So I kind of want to end it with this. You know, we're a couple days, I guess, into free agency. The league year hasn't even started when we're recording. People will be hearing this right when the league year is flipping over. That's when the Stafford deal will be official. That's when some of these moves will uh, happen as well as, you know, a lot of the top names are picked off. So now it's that time where you're just sitting around all of a sudden, oh, hey, the Lions signed this guy. He was still out there. You know, that's going to be what's going to happen. But I'm sure you have a short list of players that are kind of on your radar. Like, hey, I'd really like this guy. I think get him at the right price. This guy would fill a need. What kind of targets are you thinking are still out there for the Lions? 
Well, so unfortunately, it's not going to be any big names, probably. Uh, the John Johnson was obviously, I think, a lot of Lions fans would agree with me. He was towards the top of my list of someone I would have been okay with them shelling some money out to, and he signed with the Browns. And then also Corey Davis, he got a little bit more money than I thought he would, but I kind of wanted to see him as you know, a long-term option as well, where you're giving him a bigger contract spread out over a few years and he'll still be around and at a decent age once uh, the Lions do start being more competitive. But there's still Josh Reynolds at receiver, familiarity with Goff. Uh, I, I really liked him coming into the NFL and I, I still think when he has actually had some opportunity and started games, he's produced. So I'm good with that. Curtis Samuel's another common name I see out there that fans also like that I, I like as well. Uh, kind of a gadget receiver, but uh, he can run the ball and he's pretty good at catching the ball as well and just dynamic after the catch. It'll be interesting to see where his price point comes in at. But receiver is really there's a lot of guys out there that could be serviceable for one year and kind of get you through the year. Um, as far as defensive tackles go, like we mentioned earlier, it looks like Nick Williams is probably going to be around for another year, but they did cut Danny Shelton and kind of depending on how this defense transform and what defense they want to run. If you take Campbell's word for it, it it's their defensive front is going to look a little bit like the Rams version of, you know, that three, four hybrid defense that they kind of had going. So as far as defensive tackles, I wouldn't mind the lions maybe giving a little bit more money to Sheldon Rankins, just a younger player who has a ton of potential was a first round draft pick for a reason is kind of been a little hot and cold so far throughout his career, but you can tell the talent's there and he's a gap shooter. I want, I want someone that can get pressure and beat one-on-one matchups to get to the quarterback from the interior. And that's Rankins has shown that he can do that here and there. Um, Larry Ogunjobi, uh, I kind of like, and then PJ Hall was another one. Um, again, all PJ Hall is someone who is very quick first step and is more of just that three tech tackle, but who knows if that fits the Lions scheme or not. I'm just really, really would like the Lions to just find someone in the middle of the defense that can get some pass pressure or bring some pressure through the middle. So, um, who else? I don't know. I, I mean, I can go down a list of guys I could probably like at each position, but I, this is just one of those odd years where I, I don't feel like the Lions have to make any big splash moves. They probably shouldn't. It's just you got to get through this year. It's going to be a tough year, but you just got to get through it and open up the cap space for the next few years and really start accumulating those draft picks. So uh, anyone you're thinking of in particular? Yeah, I like the names you brought up as well as kind of the positions you were thinking of. Um, I know we're going to talk draft on the Friday show, but would you rather have Curtis Samuel or Rondale Moore in the draft? Oh, I would like Rondale Moore in the the second round. I think that'd be a good spot for him. Exactly. Like say second round, uh, you kind of got to make those type of decisions. And that's what comes into this whole draft thing. You mentioned Reynolds. He was kind of on my short list. I haven't heard any rumor and innuendo about him or any buzz, but I would think a lot of people have that on their radar and that would seem to make a ton of sense. The guy that I really like, which again, somebody on Twitter, you can find me on Twitter at Derek Oakry, always talking football, fantasy football. They said this guy was going to get a big contract, but I, I don't know if I agree, but I, I do like his measurables is the way he plays 
and you mentioned the receiver position. So Demarcus Robinson coming from the Chiefs, he's been there for a few years. Every time he seems to be on the football field, he makes some plays. I think he's like 26 or 27. I think you get him here for a couple-year contract. That would uh, be a nice receiver to to pair as well. But my guy, and again, people can find some of the articles that I write on USA Today, Lions Wire, as well as I'm hoping to put out some more fantasy football content. That's usually mostly what I do. Fantasy football content with a little spin of Detroit Lions, but they asked us kind of what was our target. And the guy throughout was uh, Desmond King, man. This is a guy I've liked ever since he came out of the draft. Um, started kind of as a safety, moved to the slot, um, you know, got traded or moved over to the Titans recently. Always seems to be really solid. His numbers aren't going to jump off the page to you, but he has been like um, voted as an all pro, even though he's been a pro bowl snub, he's from Detroit. There's that whole gimmick that people love to play. Maybe he'll come here because of that, but Hey, slot corner that has some safety abilities and stuff is a guy that I would really like. And then last time you were on the show, you threw a name at me that continues to stick out. As I want to have a really nice pair or a compliment with DeAndre Swift. So you mentioned Mike Davis um, coming back here, a guy that can do some things and, and make some plays. And I like that name. I haven't heard much about him, but you could bring him here. Maybe that would be nice. And then Philip Lindsay is a guy I threw out last night as just an absolute guy hits the gap and he's gone. And he's also, a, anytime I've heard an interview, he just, he wants to be the best running back in the game. You know what I mean? He had a good college career and, I just really like what he brings to the table. If the Lions thought he could be a fit or could be a home run threat or he can catch the football a little bit too, I'd kind of like to see a guy like that brought here. So those were a few names I had on the tip of my tongue. Any thoughts on those? Yeah, with Lindsay, I know he's a restricted free agent, so that makes things a little bit more difficult for him. But yeah, it'd be, it'd be great to have someone like him. You know, a, a great pass catcher, but for a guy his size, he still can run between the tackles. And last year was a little bit, of a down year for him, but he's had some really good seasons. So yeah, I, I'd be fine with that depending on what they'd have to do to get around the restricted free agent tag that he is, he's under. Um, but yeah, then Mike Davis, I'm still all, I'm still all aboard the Mike Davis train. Cause I just don't think he's going to cost a lot of money. You look at the running back market out there right now. And, you know, Mark Ingram was a two and a half million dollar deal. Like Carlos right. Hyde was uh, I think almost like 3 million for a couple years. Or three million per year for two years, um, you know, just that type of back in that ballpark where you just have a guy who can, I think, will be better than Carryon Johnson between the tackles, but also give Swift a break because I, I don't want him as much as I'd love for him to be like an every down type of back with his injury history. I just don't think that's a wise move to do, just running him into the ground every game, and you know, you got to get him out wide and get him run him outside the tackles. I think that's where he does his best work and uh, get him the ball in space through the passing game and stuff like that. So you can kind of circumvent you know, maybe a little bit wear and tear, but you, you got to have someone who can take a beating a little bit. And I don't think that's necessarily Swift or carry on Johnson. Yeah. Uh, good stuff by you there. I mean, I'm anxious to see what they do as well as I think it's a really delicate balancing act for Brad Holmes between, you know, I don't see going out and getting like high-end safeties like your your guy John Johnson, even though he signed a very palatable deal with the Browns there. 
because you got to sort of have hope that Tracy will and and maybe a guy in the draft can get it done for you. Same with our corners. They're basically banking on Okuda and AO to do their thing, get a slot corner, and then maybe uh, some backups that can play. You got to sort of bank on some of these guys like being good for you, getting some free agents to supplement the roster, and then being able to really not only fill holes, but like I always say, best player available as well as impact players in the first three to four rounds of the draft for sure are kind of what you're really looking to do. So I'm uh, excited to see what they do. Um, I'm on board. I'm pretty, pretty good with it so far, like we've said, and uh, anxious to see what continues. Logan, I got you some plugs early in the show. Everybody knows you're putting out great Twitter content. We will we'll pub the Sports Illustrated All Lions once again. We're going to talk about your mock draft, your three-round mock that you did on the Friday draft show. Anything else you want to get in there? And 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 people, you definitely got to check out his content. Great stuff. Oh, yeah. No, I appreciate it. And said it a hundred times before. But, yeah, on Twitter, at Al Lamarandier. Um, that's where I'm probably most active. There's also a Facebook page that I have as well. But if you want to follow everything from SI.com slash NFL slash lions, you can go to the Detroit lions lowdown Facebook page. And we have keep you plenty updated there as well. uh, If you're more inclined to check out Facebook. So, I mean, I'm I'm all over the place, wherever you find me, I'm probably there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, great, man. Like I said, we, we kind of condensed this show, but again, you brought the heat, you brought the content. We, uh, talking all things free agency and uh, I'm looking forward to talking Friday, my favorite thing, which is the NFL draft. So we'll, uh, supplement what we talked about today on Friday for all the Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers out there. So Logan, appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah. Good stuff. Looking forward to the draft episode. Absolutely. Everybody check that out um, on Friday mornings on your favorite podcast platform. But for now, take care, everybody. We're out. Drink it in, man.